Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, we are going to talk about, again, why crazy people, dangerous many times. We're going to look at a bill that, uh, well, would take down a, believe it or not, a warning label on some of the National Archives. Yeah, some of our founding documents actually have, like, trigger warnings on them right now. Uh, Dan Crenshaw of Texas wants to do away with that garbage. Uh, we've got uh, Team Biden basically pissing on our Border Patrol. Uh, we've got the ACLU. They want college athletes to run track. They don't want them to play golf. Why? Because, by God, white's a, well, golf is a white sport. And you can't do anything white because white ain't all right. Okay? It's that simple from them. The bigotry is out of control. How about why... The Texas abortion ban will, quote, this according to college professors, you know, really smart college professors, at least it used to be, you had to be smart to be a professor on a college campus, but professors are worried that the Texas abortion law will harm trans men who look pregnant in public. God help us. That's all I can say to that one. And we've got a, a, a absolutely brilliant, wonderful, masterful piece by the great Daniel Greenfield about the, the war on Confederate monuments, the war on American history. Uh, so well stated. I'm going to read you some of that, too. All that and more today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, the hump day, the Wednesday edition that happens every Wednesday. What a coincidence. Let's get ready to kick this pig, kids. into this the other mccain my friends writes often about how dangerous crazy people can be crazy is it you know mentally ill not everything's going on like it should upstairs as my grandfather would have said touched in the head but some of these people are really sorrowful cases some of them are dangerous it's uh, here's an instance that the other mccain has say hello to alexandra soraniva a Sovereniva, a 30-year-old California woman who the Monterey Herald describes as a scientist. 
because she has a bachelor's degree from the California Institute of Technology and later enrolled in a PhD program. However, uh, Sarah Vanerva describes herself as a shaman. That's right, a witch doctor, which is relevant to the criminal charges against her. A California shaman. Uh, this is a New York Post uh, for this part. A California shaman charged with starting a wildfire that is threatening thousands of homes claimed it started by accident. Is an oops. Did I do that? Uh, while she was, listen to this. See, crazy dangerous. Here you go. Here's, here's the punchline, so to speak. While she was boiling bear urine to drink, according to local reports. How did she get bear urine? Did she soak it up out of the ground? Did she hold something under the bear or in front of the bear, whatever the case may be? According to whatever the 57 genders the bear had happened to be, I guess bears can have 57 identities too or genders. I'm certainly not going to argue with them. But anyway, she was boiling bear urine to drink. Uh, she faces up to nine years in prison for allegedly sparking the Fawn Fire, which has currently destroyed 41 homes, 90 smaller structures, as it, and is threatening 2,340 others. She has pleaded not guilty. She is now being eyed for possibly starting other fires across the Golden States, according to the record, I'm sorry, the Reading Record Searchlight, as a fire in Shasta County, or Shasta, I should say, raged on Wednesday. She claimed she'd been hiking and trying to get to Canada, where all the crazy people go, I guess, according to documents obtained by the outlet. She told forest officials that she was thirsty. I guess crazy people don't know there's such thing as bottled water and water purification tablets and canteens. I guess they don't know this stuff. She told forest officials she was thirsty and she came across a puddle of what she believed to be bare urine and tried to make a fire to boil the urine so she could drink the urine because we all know that when you're really thirsty, nothing hits the spot like a good old batch of bare urine uh, and uh, tried to make a fire to boil it and yeah, things got out of hand. Stacey McCain notes that, what, you wouldn't drink a puddle of bear urine even after it was boiled? Don't you believe in science, people? Ask any shaman about this. If I knew a shaman, I'd ask him. I do have some Charmin toilet paper. I believe the advice importance would be the same from either source. By the way, police say a search of uh, Servanerva's backpack found a green leafy substance that she admitted to smoking that day. What a green leafy substance. I have no idea what that could possibly be. Do you? Come on. Uh, <laughs> a green leafy substance. For the background on our scientific California shaman, McCain says, she may be linked to other recent fires in the state. She graduated from Palo Alto High School in 2009 and the California Institute of Technology in 2012 with degrees in chemistry, biology, and apparently bear urine. A former Palo Alto yoga instructor, certified scuba, uh, scuba, di scuba dive master, piano teacher, and camp counselor, 
God, I don't wish she taught those poor kids. Okay, kids, the bear's peeing. Get your canteens out. She most recently tutored Bay Area students in the sciences at Palo Alto's AJ, AJ Tutoring, which is a respected SAT test prep business. Her LinkedIn profile, which features a photo of a forest, lists her occupation as shaman, which is a religious term for a person who believes themselves connected to the transcendent world and acts as a healer, a diviner, and a barrier and drinker. She registered to vote as a member of the Green Party. So, yes, she is crazy. That's the final determination. We're trying to determine if the patient is mentally ill. They ask him questions and they say, have you ever been or ever considered being a member of the Green Party? Are you voting for a Green Party candidate? Oh, yes, I have. Okay, you are batshit crazy. Uh, she has legal trouble before. Uh, misdemeanor charge in 2017. Criminal charges in 2015. Uh, no details if any bear urine was drunk during this. Uh, suspension of driving under the influence of alcohol and drugs and obstructing and resisting arrest. And she was also arrested in coastal Oregon for criminal trespass, which means entering another's enclosed or fenced-in property. So apparently there's a good chance she started this fire that is causing extreme havoc. And why did she do it? No, it wasn't an allergic reaction to bear urine, folks, because she didn't actually drink the bear urine. No, she's crazy with a capital K. And crazy people, as the other McCain will always tell you, they be dangerous and stuff, okay? Stay away from them. Thank you very much. Now let's go to what uh, Texas Representative Dan Crenshaw, former Navy SEAL, American hero, and currently a member of Congress, who lost an eye serving his country, and you want to screw with him, he'll probably take both your eyes and stick them somewhere where the sun doesn't shine. But he introduced a bill this past Tuesday that would ban the NARA. Uh, that is the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, from attaching a harmful content warning to any founding era documents, including the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and that damn Bill of Rights. How dangerous is that thing? The left is engaging in a Marxist cultural revolution, attempting to undermine our founding and our history and our sense of, of what it means to be an American, Crenshaw told the Federalist. These little steps slapping warning labels on our founding documents are all part of their effort to tear down our founding principles that it must be stopped. My bill makes sure the National Archives is prohibited from including content warnings alongside founding documents of the United States. Whoever decided to put those warning labels up in the first place should also resign. And I would add, be doused in barrier and just in case. Uh, over the summer, the National Archives issued a, quote, harmful content warning on all its collections of online documents, including the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence. The warnings, which allegedly protect against document that, documents that reflect, quote, racist, sexist, ableist, misogynistic, misogynoir, and, and xenophobic opinions and attitudes, 
be discriminatory toward or exclude diverse views or sexuality, gender, religion, and more, and include graphic content of historical events such as violent death, medical procedures, crime, war, slash terrorist acts, natural disasters, and more. And that was slapped as a blanket statement across the archives, National Archives Collective, our catalog website. In June, the Archives Racism Task Force discussed removing the labels, uh, the label Charters of Freedom from Founding Documents, claiming that America's governing documents didn't grant freedom to everybody. Actually, they didn't grant freedom to anybody. That comes from God. If you read the founding documents, you'd know this. And basically the founding documents say, yes, God gave you these. These are natural rights, God-given rights, if you will. And yes, we will honor and protect and cherish them and defend them in our country. No grant, no rights like that are granted, my friends. They come from above. Make no mistake. One of the key, maybe the keyest principle of the founding of this country. So just think about that. The task force also argued to include trigger warnings on documents in the archives that are structurally racist. Structurally racist. They just make shit up. You know that, right? They sit around the table, all these leftist douche nozzles, and they take a shot. Then they put a bunch of ideas, stupid ideas in a bag. Then they take another shot. Then they pull an idea out. Then they debate it a little bit. Then they drink another shot. And by the time they've had like seven, eight shots each, and half of them are naked, and they're all leftists, so that wouldn't be a pretty sight. They decide which things they should slap trigger warnings on for being things like structurally racist. But here's the kicker. The structurally racist thing was what? It was on documents in the archives, structurally racist rotunda. So now rotundas are racist. They don't begin in R, so I guess it makes sense. Which, of course, houses the U.S. Constitution. I've seen it twice in my life. Uh, very, very moving to see that. But uh, that bill needs to be done. And, and I would be not surprised if Democrats really... How many Democrats vote against that bill? Because this is absolutely inane and out of bounds. This is what's wrong with America. Number one thing, too many unelected bureaucrats knuckleheads, walk-behinders, uh, never was, as never will be, couldn't be if they tried, can't piss without an assist, these idiots, un unelected, and just making changes because they feel like it. Some people need their asses whipped, people. Oh, now I'm fomenting violence or something. <sighs> but let's move on to something equally disturbing. The woke administration, Kamala Harris is vice president. <laughs> Joe Biden is president. Double. <laughs> uh, Joe Concha wrote a piece at the Hill, and he laid into the the uh, Biden Harris administration about uh, their lie and smears of the border patrol agents. Here's what Concha writes. Due process sometimes seems like a foreign concept to the Biden administration, particularly when it comes to how it deals with crisis at the border. 
This bedrock legal principle, so important that it appears twice in our Constitution, came to mind after President Biden declared during a short press conference on Friday that his own Border Patrol agents were guilty and would be punished. See, that kind of violates the whole due process thing. As you know, if you're a conservative or a libertarian, you probably don't know that if you're a leftist. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running over, people being strapped, Biden said of the Border Patrol agents on horseback who were accused of whipping Haitian migrants trying to cross the southern border. It's outrageous, Biden said. I want a damned ice cream now. It's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. I need some hair to sniff. Where's the little girls at? There will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. Now, come on, man. Where's my ice cream? These people will pay, the president continued. And Contra responds, well, <laughs> so much for innocent to approve it guilty. To use one of the president's favorite phrases, here's the deal. Here's the deal, man. Come on, man. It turns out the photographer who took the photos that went viral of border agents on horseback in Del Rio, Texas, says the photographer, he saw it live, says no migrants were being whipped. Yet our administration continues to lie. Because truth doesn't matter to the left. They don't value it. And that photos were misconstrued. The photographer said some of the Haitian men started running, trying to go around the horses. Uh, that's from Paul Ratchie. Uh, he told uh, KTSM in El Paso, Texas, I've never seen them whip anyone. <coughs> he, meaning the Border Patrol agent, was swinging it. Uh, meaning the reins, but it can be misconstrued when you're looking at the picture. Yep, it turns out the whips, Contra writes, that so many in the media and some in the Biden administration said were being used to, were actually bridle reins. And boys and girls, for those who've never ridden a horse, listen up. Bridle reins are the things that riders use to help direct their horses. That's right. Three comes after two, then four. Joe Biden's a liar. Period. God, I, we actually miss Obama, don't we? This is that bad. At least Obama made some cogent points. At least he was somewhat eloquent. At least he could finish a sentence and didn't try to sniff every person's hair, for God's sake. When asked if the president had prejudged the investigation, White House press secretary said, ha, ha. He had done no such thing. Jin Psaki said the president was not prejudging the outcome of the investigation. The president was responding from his heart and responding to seeing horrific photos. Jin, there were no horrific photos. There were, uh, the only horrific thing was the way that you and the president and all the leftists tried to make it, including much of the media, by the way, tried to make it into a horrific thing because bashing America is always the priority. Not bashing communist countries, not bashing dictators, totalitarian regimes, communist regimes. No, bashing America is the big thing. This spin is comical, Contra writes, even by D.C. standards. The false narrative continued to get pushed on national TV, including on ABC's The View. The View, perhaps the worst TV show ever, ever, ever. 
Madam Vice President, we've been discussing these disturbing images on the U.S. border agents on horseback and humanly corralling Haitians. I said inhumanly corralling Haitians at the U.S. southern border, uh, said co-host Sarah Haynes. And you've been tasked with immigration. How do you explain this? Sarah Haynes does not actually sound like that. Just okay. I'm trying for dramatic effect here, people. It's entertainment that informs. Understand that. Human beings should not be treated that way, Harris responded, in uh, finally addressing an issue. That was Kamala Harris, of course, the vice president who sometimes is around. And apparently, I've heard rumors, inside sources, I'm not going to reveal them, that say that when she answers her phone now, she doesn't say hello or greetings or yes, Kamala Harris, anything like that. She actually is just saying, has he died yet? I have no idea what that, that concerns. Uh, human beings should not be treated that way, Harris responded. It also invoked the image of some of the worst moments of our history, where that kind of behavior had been used against the indigenous people of our country. It has been used against African-Americans during times of slavery. And Mayor Willie Brown actually did something like that to me, but hey, it got me promoted, so, oh, I'm not supposed to go there. I'm sorry. Did I do that? Now that the President of the United States has already said they did wrong, how is an investigator supposed to be, how st supposed to do a true and honest investigation, ask Brandon Judd? who's the head of the National Border Patrol Council? Excellent question. Because if that investigator finds they did nothing wrong and they didn't do anything wrong, but if that investigation finds they didn't do anything wrong, how's that investigator's job going to go? See the political pressure? See how corruption works? See how liars affect people under them? All for political power. If you can listen to a U.S. president and vice president, forget the idiots in the media and the knuckleheads on The View, the president and vice president of the United States of America knowingly, knowingly lying about our Border Patrol agents and trying to cast punishment on them and cost them their careers most likely, all for political gain. If that doesn't make you sick to your stomach, you need something. Jesus, something. What you need is some patriotism because this is despicable. Go read this whole piece of the hill by Joe Concha. Very good stuff. I like Joe Concha. He's a good guy. Uh, very good guy. Now let's go to campus reform where the ACLU wants college athletes to run track, not play golf. Calling golf the among the whitest sports, the American Civil Liberties Union of Michigan sent Central Michigan University a letter urging, urging, pleading, begging, beseeching the school to reinstate men's track and field and criticize its adoption of a golf program. Golf is evil. Golf is terrible. Uh, the letter emphasized how track and field aided as a springboard to upward mobility for the black community at Central Michigan University. Melissa DeGama from uh, Campus Reform writes, the ACO of Michigan is press pressuring the university to bring back the track and field program 
and uh, citing the original decision, to, I guess, to drop the track and field as having far-reaching racial implications. Everything's racial, folks. Just to get you up to speed, everything's racial. If if you go to Burger King and they give you a large order of fries instead of medium, somehow it's racial. And somehow it's white privilege, even if you're a black person getting it. Uh, Again, the ACLU said golf is among the widest of sports. That's from Central Michigan Life. The university has announced the discontinu- sorry, the discontinuation of the track and field program in May 2020, citing financial concerns related to COVID-19. After sending a letter on May 4th to the CMU president, Bob Davies, I think he used to coach Notre Dame, the ACLU of Michigan sent a uh, second letter to the University Board of Trustees on September the 16th. And it says African-American golfers are rare because of both historical circumstance and design. Design? You think anybody cares, really, today? It's 2021. No one gives a rat's you-know-what what your color is. Get over it. Country clubs that have been the, on the training grounds for elite golfers have historically been racially exclusive. The September 16th letter states, add to that the expense of the sport and the socioeconomic circumstances of many African Americans and the reasons for the whiteness of golf are quite evident. By eliminating men's track and field at the university, the door is effectively slammed in the faces of children of communities that already have more than their fair share of challenges, obstacles, and barrier and barriers. And the letter also asks that CMU consider several issues that may have, quote, legal implications regarding the Civil Rights Act and the Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act, noting that the university decided to replace track with a White sport. <laughs> well, golf balls. Well, not all golf balls are white, are they? I only played golf once on a real golf course. It was fun. It was actually fun. Um, best shot of the day I hit, I think it was on like the eighth or ninth hole, except I hit it at the wrong hole. So there you go. So I pretty much canned my golf career after that. Who knows? I might have been the next Tiger Woods or something. In golf, not driving a car. Okay. So the ACLU says that golf is now racist. How about Northwestern University? Very prestigious. A lot of the media types come from Northwestern. I think it's Northwestern, Syracuse, or used to be any of the top two universities for turning out journalists, which used to be something to be proud of. But their professors at Northwestern have argued that the abortion ban in Texas harms trans men. Yes, you heard that right. By preventing them from concealing their transgender status. Boston University professors recently wrote that the capacity to become pregnant is not restricted to people who identify as women. No, that's true. It actually is kind of restricted to people who are women. Good Lord. We have to go back to basic sex ed for these idiots now? Uh, Caitlin Richardson, the senior Nevada campaign correspondent for, again, campus reform. Over a dozen professors at two universities have voiced concerns 
about the impact of abortion bans on trans men and non-binary people. Four of these researchers who shared their thoughts last week with Northwestern Now. The Illinois University news site argued abortion is necessary because a, quote, trans man, sounds like some kind of superhero, who becomes pregnant will not be able to conceal that she is not a biological male. Oh, sometimes I need to put a tree in here. I just bang my head off of it, but I I just get headaches and stuff, and eventually a concussion. As <laughs> it gets better, this is where the real science gets taught here, people. Listen to this. By God. As his abdomen grows due to a pregnancy for which he can no longer legally get an abortion, can't kill the baby. A baby has to die. This is the left in America. We got to kill a baby. It's all it's justice. However, keeping identity private in public spaces may become next to impossible. Even the idea of becoming pregnant often creates dysphoria. So forcing a patient to carry a pregnancy against her will may lead to a significant mental health uh, needs in this population. I'm just going to suggest something here. Maybe the need for mental health help or aid came before this person became pregnant. Maybe there's something else at play here. And yeah, dysphoria is a pretty good word to use. Angela Jadhari, one of the doctors quoted in the article is the one that said that, uh, forcing a patient to carry a pregnancy against their will. I think they probably had something to do with getting pregnant. I seem to remember, yeah, in sex ed in school, I seem to remember that's, that's part of the deal. The terms trans men and non-binary are examples of gender-neutral language academics regularly use to advocate for inclusivity and transgenderism. Uh, just gets dumber and dumber, my friends. It gets dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber. Very sad. And now it's on to a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant piece by the brilliant Daniel Greenfield. Uh, this guy is phenomenal. And he really sums up the woke brigades, as I call them, to a T to an absolute T, uh, perfectly crossed at the top. And uh, let's get into that right now, my friends. And here we are, my friends. The piece is called A New Civil War in a Time Capsule. Again, danielgreenfield.org is where you will find it. This was uh, published September the 26th. That is two days ago. And Greenfield begins with a quote from uh, the embarrassment that is the governor of, of Virginia. This is today's Virginia, not yesterday's. And one day when future generations look back at this moment, they will be able to learn about the inclusive, welcoming Commonwealth. Governor Ralph Northam sourly declared as a statue of General Lee was pulled off its pedestal. Yeah, because Robert E. Lee never uplifted anybody or gave anyone any example of nobility or character or devotion or duty or family man or Christianity or, or anything else or even reuniting the country. 
or helping black people after the war who were newly freed. He never did any of those things, did he? And you better not mention that he was a military genius because you can't do that. Because apparently if the left says you're bad, you're bad at everything. Yesterday's Virginia was fairly recent of Greenfield rights because Northam had been photographed <laughs> dressed either as a Klansman or in blackface back in 1984. Uh, he was a college student at Auburn back then. And let's face it, Auburn. To go to Auburn, you got to drink heavily to put up with those knuckleheads. The fake orange and blue of the SEC. The gators of the real orange and blue. Understand that. Uh, but Northam went there and he was probably drunk and went to some stupid frat party and put blackface on or clown. Who cares? I defended the governor because I said that's a long time ago. He was a stupid, likely drunk college kid. We've all did stupid things at that age. So you know what? Let's give the guy a break, even though he's a left-wing Democrat. And of course, I've never received a personal thank you from Ralph Northam from that. He probably thinks I'm just some one of those damn Robert E. Lee supporters. Well, Northam, Governor, sir, if you actually read the history about Lee and Jackson and Stewart and Jefferson Davis and the other statues that were pulled down on Mon Monument Avenue, the formerly beautiful Monument Avenue, now the third world shithole, uh, Monument Avenue in, in Richmond, Virginia, you would probably say that, man, that, uh, that guy's crazy. And Lee was just bad. Such ignorance. Such ignorance. Uh, future generations, however, Greenfield concludes, probably won't be invited to learn about the inclusive and welcoming state that's being built by the hypocritical racist, in other words, Governor Northam. Northam submitted pictures of his own press conference, his wife's face mask, and an anti-American poem read at his Juneteenth commemoration to the time capsule but neglected to include his awkward uh, clan blackface picture as a gift to the inclusive people of the future. It's a little awkward that Monument Avenue now has no monuments, save one, a uh, statue of tennis player Arthur Ashe, who I have no problem at all. And by the way, I remember when that was uh, being debated. I don't remember one person who supported the Confederate flag, the history, the, the culture, the heritage, all of that wanted to reserve monuments, wanted Dixie to be able to be played in public, you know, crazy stuff like that and wanted history taught and, and didn't shy away from debate. I don't remember any of those people ever saying, don't you dare put a statue of Arthur Ashe up. I, no one I ever heard said a bad word about Arthur Ashe. There was no racism from the people defending the other monuments. What I did hear was say that, watch, one day that'll be the only monument left because the left back then was pushing and pushing and pushing to erase the Confederacy. And you erase the Confederacy, and then you have paved the way to erase the founders and America. And unfortunately, too many people didn't get that, uh, especially some Republicans who are truly disappointing on this issue. Now, Arthur Ashe did leave Richmond when he was in high school, but the Barron Avenue is what happens, Greenfield writes, when you spend all your time destroying things instead of creating them. Think about that. Think about the Taliban. What do they do? 
the the terrorist groups. They erase things. They destroy things. Evil conquerors throughout history have destroyed libraries, museums, art of who they conquered. They just don't want to conquer. They want to erase. Think about what that means about the left of today, my friends. Northern's, uh, Northern's big show at the General Lee Monument, replacing a timed capsule from 1887 with a new capsule featuring the newly woke Virginia, hit a snag when they couldn't find the old one. The Democrat leaders had gathered a perfect capsule of the sort of things a leftist would value, like a sticker from today's Klan, the Black Lives Matter movement, a face mask, so no one, I guess, will catch COVID in the future, and a magazine cover of the Lee Monument graffitied with the face of George Floyd, a criminal who robbed a woman at gunpoint during a home invasion and died of drug overdose, triggering race riots. But they couldn't find the original 1887 time capsule. After wrestling with the massive granite base for most of the day and digging a hole, the woke vandals came up empty, just like their heads, just like their souls, empty. After a couple of long, hard days, it's clear the time capsule won't be found in Virginia, is done with lost causes. That's what Northern's, uh, Northern's spokesman snapped. The search for this moldy Confederate box is over. We're moving on. Well, aren't you special? Were 21st century wokes outsmarted by 19th century Southerners? Or did someone more modern figure out how to get at the time capsule before it could be ritually burned? What is the new woke Virginia moving on to? That's what Greenfield wants to know. As Northern puts it, the capsule focuses on the story of race in Richmond. Ah, racial obsession syndrome. Any future Virginian who opens the time capsule will discover that the early 21st century was much more obsessed with race than the late 19th century. Greenfield writes, and he's absolutely right. In fact, race relations were bad in the late 19th century, but they were actually moving slowly but surely in the right direction. Race relations a few years ago were great in this country, now they're being pushed as, as hard as the left can push backwards into things like segregation and open discrimination. Government-sanctioned racism and sowing the seeds of bitterness, division, and anger and hatred. It's, it's despicable. The 1887 time capsule, uh, Greenfield writes, had plenty of Confederate materials, none of them dealing with race. Hmm. It's not the Virginians of 1887 who viewed the world purely in terms of race, but their modern descendants who are obsessed with race in the way that only obsessive racists are, like the sort of racists who dress up as Klansmen before ushering in, a, in the new inclusive Virginia because they don't actually believe in anything except tearing us apart to gain power. And Greenfield continues the contrast between 1887 and 2021. Uh, the time capsules is revealing the 1887 capsule contained plenty of Confederate, but also Masonic memorabilia. There were also a variety of coins, American, Confederate, even British city statistics and commercial advertisements. In other words, it reflected the time it was put in. Along with a church history, and, oh no, a Bible. Oh, not a Bible, those racists. 
Bibles are notably absent from the 2021 time capsule Greenfield writes, which is dedicated to the new religion of woke uh, and leftist virtue signaling. The closest to any sort of religious content in the new woke capsule is a Presbyterian session on dismantling racism and a Zoom interfaith prayer featuring diverse clergy who, apart from the Muslim participants, almost certainly believe in nothing. Northam and his cronies claim that the new time capsule represents a more welcoming Virginia. Don't you feel welcome, my friends? But it's actually more parochial, parochial in its stifling ideological conformity. Yes, it is. In the, eight, the 1887 capsule, for all its championing, championing of the Confederacy, included a picture of Lincoln lying in his coffin. The men and women who assembled that capsule were capable of honoring the tragedy of Lincoln's death. Hmm. Sounds like a little bit of tolerance, perhaps. There are no such concessions in the woke time capsule of 2021 to any other point of view. Absolutely isn't. The creation of this new capsule, this is from Governor Northam again. The creation of this new capsule is a response to the Virginia represented in that old capsule, which promoted lost cause mythology and only represented the stories and experience of a small segment of society. It is also a representation of the Virginia of today, one rooted in our values of inclusion, equity, and diversity. Northern, Governor Northern declared, yeah, try to find some diversity of of ideals or principles or values or, or anything political in here, Governor Northern. The stories and experiences in the woke capsule represent an even smaller tribal segment. Greenfield continues, if you're not a black nationalist, politically gay, or militantly feminist, there's nothing there for you. The woke artifacts are concerned with tribal identity to a larger degree than the 1887 capsule. The archaeologists of another century will see a self-conscious society of caste obsessed with its own conflicts while offering next to nothing in the way of unity or hope for the future. Did he just sum the left of today up in one sentence there, my friends? Bang! A significant number of artifacts, Greenfield continues, in the woke time capsule are concerned with the decision to vandalize and remove the General Lee statue. There are tributes to the Black Lives Matter race riots, to the bizarre efforts to, to revive the ERA, and the fetishization of pandemic paraphernalia. What little art there is, is vulgar, tasteless, tribal, and predictably accuses America of racism. The woke time capsule struggles to invent the last few years as a new era in history, a contemporary to the civil rights movement. But all it succeeds in doing is drawing a portrait of a broken age that is so obsessed with its momentary causes that it lacks all perspective. Again, nailed leftism. Nailed it. The 1887 time capsule captured life decades after the end of the Civil War, while the 2021 time capsule is a snapshot of a society on the verge of a new Civil War. It's easy to snare at the reverence for Confederate history in the 1887 time capsule, 
but it's far better than the mingled arrogance and rage of the 2021 time capsule, which is entirely concerned with settling scores. Even if they've already been settled, I would add to that. 19th century Richmond was remembering the past. Shoot. Sorry, I lost my place, my friends. Come on, you stupid thing. 19th century Richmond was remembering the past while its 21st century counterparts are capable of nothing more than broadcasting war propaganda while celebrating their power. The men and women who hid the time capsule so well that the wokes have yet to find it did not expect that the future would recognize them as the winners. But nor them and his ilk are convinced that whoever opens that time capsule will cheer them on as crusading heroes. The woke time capsule is the premature, vi premature victory celebration of a civil war yet to come. And yet there's nothing in their time capsule that would convince any disinterested observer of the future that the woke cause deserves to win. The new inclusive Virginia, based on the contents of the capsule, has no art or music, is incapable of creating. Only the, at best, remixing confuses vulgarity with creativity and appears to have accomplished nothing in all this time. Well, except to tear down a statue. Even as radical causes, whether it's Black Lives Matter, the ARA, sexual politics, are always in motion, never actually fulfilled. These are the only things that the Democrats can think of to pass on to the future. It's as if, given a chance to speak with our great-grandparents, they would shout at us about uh, bimetallism and railroad monopolies, or as in Richmond, when speaking to our great-grandchildren, all we could do was shout, Stop Asian hate and Black Lives Matter. You just can't have a discussion with the left anymore, can you? What would any future Virginia think of people who would store Natalie Diaz's lesbian post-colonial love poem entitled, I Am in the Dirt for You, Your Hips Are Quartz Lighted, Dangerous, or photos of Northam's own press conference are removing the General Lee statue for the ages. So what will the people in the future say? Greenfield concludes this. They will rightly see them as feckless, inept, and decadent. A society that, like the declining days of the ancient Rome and Egypt, whose Caesars and Pharaohs were obsessed with destroying the monuments of their predecessors, is destructive and obsessed with power and pleasure. And they won't be far wrong. And there's a little more to, to, uh, to read there. I read quite a bit of it. Uh, great piece by Greenfield. I had to get that out and share it. So important, my friends. Pass that around. And email, go on. I think Daniel Greenfield is on Twitter. Uh, but definitely go to his website. Throw some comments down and let him know you appreciate what he's doing. And spread this around. Uh, this is important stuff, my friends. He just laid out to a T, I think, what the left is today. It's hollow. It's vacuous. It's nothing but rage, anger, bitterness, and hatred. Rage, anger, bitterness, and hatred. Over and over and over and over. They find one demon to, that they classify as demonic. They destroy it. Then they move on to another and another and another. And they never stop. 
their thirst for power, division, and hatred, and complete and total control, that thirst can never be slaked. These are power-hungry zealots supported by a bunch of mind-numb robots who can't think for themselves because they've been taught. They, they, they've not been taught how to think. They have been taught nothing but to not think. They've been conditioned and taught that thinking is bad. And we're seeing the results, my friends. We're seeing the results. And if you uh, are in the Richmond, Virginia area, take a drive, to, especially if you've been there before. Take a, take a ride down there, and, and I wonder what it looks like now. I haven't been there since the destruction of so much of American culture and heritage and history happened. Uh, I wonder what you would think. Imagine someone from Europe or someone who, had, who loved America, grew up idolizing America, would say now, if they came 15 years ago and saw those monuments and saw all oh, the artwork is incredible, the beauty of this monument on this avenue, and they understand the history and the heritage and the culture and the good, the bad, the, all that stuff. Now, there's nothing to see. Oh, except little stops along the way where you can read how bad the people were that they removed monuments to. With more divisive, ugly, hateful, race-baiting language. God help us, my friends. God help us. That's it for me. If you wish to support the Daily Gator Daily Thought uh, podcast or the DailyGator.com, the blog, simply go to the first post on the DailyGator.com. And there's a little box here that says, uh, uh, buy now. Click it. It goes to my PayPal page. Thank you very much. If you wish to donate to or support the and become a subscriber and contributor to the podcast, then you can do that on uh, Anchor, anchor.fm uh, forward slash Doug Hagen, and you will find my page, and you can set up uh, what you want to give each month, and it will give that much each month. And I certainly appreciate any donations I receive. Uh, I got a cooling system that's going going bad, so you know what that means. Nothing good, my friends. So all you know, all help I can get soon. But anyway, thank you for listening. God bless you. Take care. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Remember the three golden rules of life, my friends. If you're left, you just say right. God bless America. And yes, go Gators. And also, never try to drink bear urine. Bad. Very bad. Take care. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow, my friends. Y'all be good.